You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello, and we are welcome to the show. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Eric? I am wonderful. It's been a long day, but I am doing awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Oh, yes. Thank you for being on the show. Glad to have you here. So I follow, I've been following you for a while, uh, and I know a little bit about you, but I want to know a little bit more about you and to give the listeners a little bit more information about you as we kind of go with the show. So I'm going to throw out some rapid fire questions for you and, you know, answer them first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Morning runs or evening runs? Morning runs. All right. Group runs or solo runs? Group runs. All right. Uh, run on the road or run on a trail? Leaning more towards trail lately. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, run on the treadmill or run outside? Outside, always. <laughs> okay. Again, you'd be surprised. There's some people that like, yeah, I prefer a treadmill. <laughs> I mean, even the dead of winter, I'm outside. <laughs> oh, okay. See, a runner at heart. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. Favorite race distance? Ooh, half marathon. Okay. Um, first thing you do after a race? Go to brunch. Uh, your dream race to participate in? That's a hard one. Um, the, I'd say the Paris Marathon. Okay. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, if you can go on a run with any celebrity, dead or alive, who would it be? I'd say Emma Coburn. <laughs> Oh, okay. Good choice. Good choice. All right. Last one. Your dream location anywhere in the world to go for one. I want to say along the coast of Spain. Oh, okay. Like a trail run along the coast of Spain. A friend did it a few years ago and just how she described it was magical. And I'm like, I need to do that. Oh, that that's actually a good one. You know, a lot of people say Europe, and you know, but just specifically Spain. Okay, that, that's yeah. a good one. Okay, all right. So, as we get started, as always, um, we want to kind of hear about your story. You know, not just you know who you are, where you're from, what you do, but how you got to where you are today. Um, you know, and I always kind of equate it to look at it as, to look at it as your origin story. If you were a superhero, you know, how did you become the athlete that you are now? Yeah, um, I've been an athlete my entire life for the most part. I was one of those kids that probably my mom would say even before I was born, I didn't stop moving, um, and that. She had never been kicked so many times. 
in the stomach <laughs> while she was pregnant with me. And um, it was one of those kids I was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around their neck several times just oh. because I wouldn't stop moving. And that really hasn't stopped for the past almost 36 years, I guess. I, my mom was a dancer and she put me in dance classes at like age two as something fun to do. And just because I was, I was crazy. I definitely was a crazy kid where I was always on the move, always going, always trying something, had absolutely no fear as a child. So I really just needed something that get me moving, get some of that energy out, um, but also teach me discipline. So I started doing ballet around age two. And after that, once I got to school, really started getting involved in other sports, um, swam every summer, played basketball, played soccer, and really anything that my community offered, for the most part, I tried, except for baseball and softball I can never for some reason never got into those but played all those sports and um, in the winters we would go skiing a lot as a family and I always just loved being up on the mountain that that was like my happy place and yeah okay so so you're very active you know, mm-hmm. as you, you know, you said as a child, you were adventurous. Let's put it yes. like you were very adventurous. <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. <laughs> so I know one of the things um, you've mentioned in the past is that, you know, you kind of started out with skiing. So mm-hmm. how did you and you're now a run coach mm-hmm. as, well, um, as well as just a runner in general. So how did you make that transition from skiing to running because that's just not a you know you see people kind of like you know I'm starting as a skier but now I'm going to go to be a runner yeah um I kind of finished up my skiing career in high school and after that I kind of was I was like I was 18 I had spent the past four years really just being skiing year round, competing, traveling. It was crazy. And I wasn't very good compared to like some of my friends and some of the other and other people. I just, I loved what I did. And I always kind of compare and a friend said this the other a few weeks ago. And I was like, that's the best way to think about it is I picked up skiing because or really got involved in skiing because I loved it and had my um, cool runnings moment of where like, I was like, I can do that. It's fine. Let's just go try it and see what happens. Um, so after high school, I kind of went from living in the mountains of Colorado to then living in the desert of Arizona and yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like, it was a real force to be told, um, because my family had moved from New Jersey to Arizona in 2002 while I was living up in steamboat going to high school and, for whatever the reason, and probably because I'm very stubborn, I didn't really apply myself to college. So I was able to get into Arizona State because it was a state school. Um, and my family was were residents there. So I graduated high school, had some foot surgery. And then as I was coming back from foot surgery, I was, it was like the summer before my freshman year of high school or college. And I was like, what am I going to do with myself? 
Um, I was I wasn't planning on playing any sports at that point in college. I really wasn't didn't want to be at college. I wanted to still be in the mountains skiing and. I just started running. I mean, and I kind of had been running for dry land training before, but that at that point, my dad uh, was really into road biking in Arizona and Phoenix has a huge road biking community. So I just started road biking with him and really fell in love with road biking and just being out there. And I would run from time to time. Probably then it was a little bit more on the treadmill than it was outside just because Phoenix in the summer is a little unbearable. Um, but it wasn't until after I really graduated college and I played only intramural sports in college in New York. And it was 2007. I was an intern making $10 an hour doing PR and mm. really couldn't afford much else. Right. And exactly. a pair of running shoes were what I could afford. Um, and so I just started running around the parks, running around like around the trails. I knew of the New York road runners, but I was so intimidated to go and run with them. So I would just, you know, after work or before work, just go and run and continued that once I moved back to Arizona after my time in New York and that's when I moved back to Arizona was when I really started getting into running uh, I think part of it is I love competition so signing up for a race sounded like fun plus I love to travel so I was like I'll go do a 10k in San Diego and spend the weekend with my friends there and then my friend two of my friends um and one who eventually became my business partner they were, they convinced me to run my first half marathon. The three of us ran our first half marathon in Vegas. They're like, let's just go to Vegas and we can hang out in Vegas afterwards. So <laughs> that eventually then they also convinced me to move back to Colorado. And at that point we were doing a ton of running. I think that first summer I was in town, we were running a race almost every single weekend. And these are primarily road races. And then during the week, we would go to the restaurant and bar run clubs after work because they were happy hours or we'd go for like a gossip run after work on a Monday night and then make dinner and watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette and <laughs> running. It was just it was just something fun and social to do. Right. And, you know, we were all in our late 20s. Things we weren't making the most money and. Running's the cheapest, most expensive sport out there. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, so at that point, it was really just, yeah, I was like, I do kind of actually like to run. And a few years after that, Courtney and I started a run club out of running and eating brunch on the weekends because that's what we were doing. We wanted to make more friends. And I think for me, at least, something I've always loved and why I love group running is because I've always been a part of a team growing up. And I like some of my high school friends from my senior days are still some of my closest friends to this day. And whenever with them, it's picking up like nothing's has changed. Like we're 18 again. And we like to go out and do and just have fun. And it's that same thing, I think, with group runnings and run clubs where you really get that sense of belonging and you get your crew and it just feels so great to be with out there sweating together okay 
Well, now let me ask you this. Do you miss skiing now that you are a runner? Um, I do, but I still ski a lot. <laughs> I think okay. that's one thing where I've learned. I tried, well, I've tried several times to marathon train, and I have marathon trained through the winter. I think my hardest thing always is there is that I then have to figure out how to get my long runs in because I also want to ski two to three days a week. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's been in the past, like really finding that balance of, you know, do I ski these days? Do I ski those days? And what am I running those days and finding where I'm doing what? And I think skiing is also just great cross training for running other people might disagree um I know some people probably think it's crazy to be like you're gonna go ski and what happens if you fall I'm like well I can I can tear my ACL running down the road it it can happen anywhere um and I think especially as I've gotten older just making sure that my training is enjoyable and you know I I'll just always I think this is why I've also, I love playing sports. I want to be a multi-sport athlete. And I think that's where I'm like, oh, I can just, I can ski here. Right. I'll run here. It all works together. They, they play on each other's strengths and weaknesses and really just hope for that continuously so that I can still do both of those sports into my 80s or 90s. Right. And that's the key is, you know, you keep moving, moving now. That kind of builds up you know, you continuing to move as you get into your 40s or 50s or 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. Yeah. You know, this continuous movement. Yeah. All right. So let's yeah. talk about training. Yeah. Uh, what does a week of training look like for you? Um, so right now, I am starting marathon training. Um, as many people, a race I was supposed to run in 2020 it is now happening or yeah so I race I was supposed to run in 2020 is now happening in October um the Colorado Marathon so I'm starting marathon training officially next week okay and yeah so right now I'm running about four days a week and yeah, so I usually run on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Um, I try to bike on Wednesdays and Fridays, and then I'll throw in some strength and hit training. Okay, like good. three to four days a week. Good strength training, good, good, good. Oh yeah, I, I feel I'm like giving it's you so a thumbs important. up on that. Yes. <laughs> It's so important, and I think especially as a woman in my mid-30s now, I'm like, I can't run and recover the same way I used to in my 20s, and strength training (laughs) makes all the difference in the world and really helps with that injury prevention. Yes, it does, and a lot of people, I think they understand it, but they don't understand it. You know, mm-hmm. because when you say strength training, you know, it. some people look at it more as, you know, bulking up bodybuilding. I'm like, no, 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 it's, that's not it. It's just, you know, maintaining your muscles, you know, to keep going and doing what you're doing, not necessarily trying to be 
you know, like I'm like, I'm not trying to be built like the rock. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I want to have strong muscles to carry me and, you know, help with my endurance and stamina. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not lifting to the point where I am so sore that I can't go out and do my runs. Right. I, I'm working on building that strength up in the muscles so that, I mean, the biggest thing with training for most like half or any endurance races are you're never training that full endurance distance um, until race day, unless you're an elite athlete. So how do you kind of supplement and tire out your muscles to work under fatigue if you're not sometimes stacking some workouts and testing your muscles on what they're really capable of? Right. Right. So I know you are a coach, but do you work with a coach or have you worked with a coach in the past? I've worked with several different trainers. I, and I have lots of friends that are run coaches, which is great. Um, I'm definitely right now thinking like, I'm going to get through this. Well, I'm as right now I'm saying this, I'm going to get through this training cycle, take a little break, but I think I've really been enjoying trail running these past two summers. And I really want to get into more trail running. So looking towards next summer after the snow melts, definitely hiring someone who specializes in coaching for trail running and dabbling a little bit more in that community see trails are very addictive you know i i I started doing some trail running last year you know (laughs) called races got canceled so i was like and i do i was like oh there's a trail here let me go run a trail and it's there there's just a certain level of tranquility that you can have running a trail um you know, maybe it's being out in the woods by yourself, not having cars zoom by and lots of people. But, you know, and then it's also the challenge of the trails because it's just not flat road. Exactly. Um, and I, that was, I think a lot of it was the same thing last year was we were kind of just like, well, we're getting tired of running the same loops from our house. Right. And why don't we go to a trail? Like, everyone else in Colorado but like let's go up here and let's really try this out and see and uh, a lot of other friends were getting into sport too so it was nice to have that accountability to be like well have you gone here have you gone here but it is also peaceful and in the summer months Denver gets really hot so by going up to the mountains which are really only a 45 minute drive the temperature is so much cooler and it's a little bit more refreshing out than okay. down in Denver. So I will take it. <laughs> All right. So one of the things you are also involved in, um, or which is your business, um, is brunch running. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So brunch running is a social running community and basically we put the run in brunch. <laughs> That's the easiest way to think about it. The word runs in the middle of the word brunch, which is basically how Courtney and I came up with the name. Um, and we're, we were, we basically, the day we came up with it, we had gone for a run and we had talked about starting a run club. We had talked about doing a race and we're like, what should we call ourselves? And Courtney was like, the word runs in brunch. And we're like, brunch running, it's done. Um, but I think, <laughs> It also really just encompassed what we were looking for, which was 
a community of non-competitive runners that were really just looking for a fun group of people to meet up with. And at that point, both of us had worked a lot within the rest in the hospitality industry. And we had some friends that own restaurants and we knew that their brunch service started earlier, but people weren't showing up to later because most people sleep in. But as runners, we were always up early and ready to eat at 10. So we just started using that kind of as our model. And it was really fun pre-pandemic to meet up and run sometimes with 200 of your closest friends and, you know, hang out and have a Bloody Mary or mimosa and some brunch afterwards. Nice, nice. Okay, so um, let's kind of go back to running a little bit. Yeah. A little bit more specific to something, a little more specific to you. Um, Kind of look at it as the kind of a two, um, kind of like a, you know, two questions in one. Um, Think of it as, you know, what was your proudest moment as a runner? And then as the second part of that question, what is your worst moment as a runner? I mean, I, the wor- this is always what's bad about being human too. Is right? I'm like, I could sit here and list like 12 bad things, uh, which oh. probably weren't even that bad. Uh, <laughs> but I'd say, or I guess I'll do my worst first. My worst was the second marathon I ever ran. I probably trained for it the best that I had trained for. Um, I had my nu- like nutrition leading up to it pretty good, but then race day, I don't know why, if I, I don't know if it's just that I felt so good going into the race that I didn't think everything through. And I set out way, way, way too fast. And uh... then it was just, I wasn't keeping up with my nutrition, which You know, I'm a big, I'm like, you won't hit the wall in a marathon if your nutrition's on point for a race. Like, that's just how it works. And I just remember, like, hitting the wall hard Um, and then realizing that at mile 22 was on our street and I could basically almost see my front door. So I was like, I could go and just get into bed and no one would know right now. (laughs) And just being like, I can't do that. Like, got a text from my roommate. And um, she's like, we're at the finish line with our dogs that are currently barking. And I was like, I guess I got to finish this. And then like going out and trying to finish this race and asking at mile 24 this guy or like mile 25 from this guy if I could have his beer that he was holding and he's like no I was just like I was in such a bad mood (laughs) I just needed something and then but finally crossing that finish line was a great feeling um to know that I had done it but it was one of those things where it's like everything that you know about running and it's not like it was my first marathon I just you know I had trained so well for it and prepared so well for it but 
on that start line that day, I was like, oh yeah, just overly confident, which is a great thing to do and to have that confidence. Right. But also then I threw my entire plan out the window. I like was like, I knew I should have been running slower because when I had been training and planning for this, I had said, this is the pace I need to be at. Instead, I jumped like two pace groups up with the pacer, which, because oh. I, I was like, well, I feel great. And I'm like, of course you feel great. It's mile two. Like, <laughs> maybe. And I mean, I think that at that point, I that was like almost five and a half years ago. And I think brings to almost tie into one of my greatest running moments, which there's two that are kind of tied for it. And both happened this summer where I haven't run a 5k race in a while and went out and ran a 5k race on a Friday night, a few weeks, about two weeks ago. Yes. And I had like a PR moment. I ran my fastest mile in a race in probably like eight years. And I was just like feeling so great after that race and I was like this is why I love running like this was a great just overall great experience and I had felt similarly at finishing my first trail race this summer which was a 10k at the um, GoPro games up in Vail and was just coming across that finish line because at that race I wasn't caring about time I was like I'm just up here to have fun and crossing the finish line hanging out with people I was like this is amazing and maybe part of it is sensory overload because we hadn't seen people in almost a year and just being around other people and that energy felt amazing to be back and I don't know I feel like those are two they're all three of those moments are very different from each other um but I think all of that especially now being 35 looking at running just taking it in from a whole new perspective of running should be fun no matter what distance you're training for and also I think now now that I am a coach myself really understanding that slow steady process and the fact of the matter that most runs are going to be at a slow recovery pace and they need you need to figure out how to make those slow easy runs enjoyable and if it's sightseeing during them, whatever, that you're really just having that fun time and a good time out there. Yes, definitely. See, see with running, you can enjoy the scenery a lot better than you can ski where you're just mm-hmm. flying by. <laughs> I mean, that's why I really think like trail running's great. And also I've always used I'll use running probably for the rest of my life as an excuse to travel. Um, I ran my first marathon in Nashville on my right before my 30th birthday. And I was like, I want to go to Nashville for my birthday. And then I was like, I'm going to look up this marathon and see. I haven't been there. And it was a great way to see the city. And I still do. Whenever I go visit someplace new, it's one of the first things that I do is go for a run in that city because I'm like, how else are we going to figure this out? Um, like I was on a cruise with my mom a few years ago and we were going through Germany and I got to go for a run in the German countryside, like along this river, because that's where our boat parked. <laughs> and I'm just like, everyone else on the boat's like, 
in their 60s having their <laughs> grand old time and I'm just like I'm going for a run see you guys later <laughs> well that's the thing with running even here in Atlanta I've discovered like new restaurants new mm-hmm. businesses just running you know uh, that I wouldn't have noticed you know riding by in the car oh yeah I so, think that's one of my favorite things um in a few weeks with some friends, we are doing an art run of all different mural oh, art. Okay. And I feel like that's always something where we're like, we drive by this stuff all the time. Why not just go for a run and then we can stop, like take it all in and then go check out another piece of artwork. Yes. Yes. And again, you, you glance and probably see things, mm-hmm. but you don't really notice it until you're actually running by it. And you can actually kind of slow your pace down like, oh, I, I've noticed that, but I've never really noticed it. Yeah. I'm all for stopping and like stopping mid-run, doing something, checking something out or petting a puppy or a dog. <laughs> all right. Here's a super important question here. Mm-hmm. I asked everyone, what's your go-to running shoe? I run in the Brooks Adrenaline. Okay. Um, yeah. That's my favorite shoe by far. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're a runner. You're a coach. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw in skier because you still ski. You're an entrepreneur, but you're also a podcaster. Yeah. You do a podcast called Behind the Sweat. So yeah. what prompted you to start that podcast? I think the real thing for starting it was conversations I was having with other athletes and just seeing, so my background's in PR and marketing. And one of the things I've always prided myself on in my career has been, I'm good at spotting trends and seeing similarities between things. And I really wanted to take, obviously podcast is a great, form of media right now it's super easy to listen to it's engaging you get to hear other people's stories I was like I kind of want to theme different things together have people that tie into a similar theme come on share their stories and let's just see what people say and I think part of it was I've had some great people on that are professional athletes but might not be are not household names, but have incredible stories on how they got to the Olympics. Um, the second season was all focused on the Olympics and the Paralympics yeah. and athletes that were going to Tokyo and are currently in Tokyo competing as we speak. So really just hearing their stories and looking at some of the non-traditional events. Um, I didn't talk to any gymnasts. Um, but I did talk to people that were doing Taekwondo and a woman that's competing in the modern pentathlon, which I didn't even really know what that was. Um, I was like, how is this? And then to another woman who is playing wheelchair basketball and just hearing all their different stories about kind of everything that they've gone through, um, off the court, uh, because, we all know 
as athletes, we put in so much sweat into everything that we do, but there's so much that goes on behind that. Um, so really just having those conversations and talking about like the mental game and nutrition and family support, because you need all of that to really, especially if you're going to get to a high level in sports, you need all of that to work out magically um, to become kind of those one in a million. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, what do you? Where are you gonna take your podcast for next season? Or you you haven't gotten that far yet? I have a few ideas. I'm trying to see which one I'm going to go with, um, but I'm not too sure. But maybe I'll ask you for your opinion. I'm like, <laughs> I there's one thing I've definitely noticed with among some of my friends and some other people are. There's a lot of athletes that have turned to entrepreneurs and have some have built some amazing brands and really yeah. kind of exploring how the foundations of being an athlete change or, you know, prepare you for business and entrepreneurship, um, looking at that. Um, but also that, and this is probably just because it's a school year, and I've also been talking with a lot of friends whose kids are now school age and starting to explore sports, but really just looking into childhood athletics and oh. talking with some experts on why it's, why to put kids into sports, why not to put kids into sports, um, and kind of just looking at, especially high school sports, what is the nitty gritty of it, and how is society, can we do better, and talk with some athletes that can share kind of their perspective of looking back of kind of what they wish they knew in high school or what their coaches knew in high school that could have helped them. So kind of just a, a conversation to help that next generation. Cause I mean, I haven't been in high school in almost 20 years. And besides the fact that recovery technology has changed so much in the past two decades and nutrition is such a bigger topic. Um, I feel like there's really some fun conversations that we could have that can help parents, youth, everyone just kind of look at that, you know, because sometimes it is when you take a look back, you're like, oh, we should, this would have been more helpful or, oh, this was a great thing to do. Keep doing this. So those are kind of the two ideas I'm looking at. And then probably looking towards the Olympics in February, talking to a few more people that will be headed to China. Yes, yeah, that's right. We do, yeah. See, we, we kind of forget, or at least I kind of forget. I'm like, yeah, the Olympics got postponed last year. So, yeah, mm -hmm. the Winter Olympics coming up. Yeah, I keep doing that too. And I'm like, that's not normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it used to be normal, but now it, then we got used to it not being normal. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm like, maybe we'll talk to some winter athletes. And yeah, well, and let's kind of lead into something you just said. Um, if you can go into a time, if you can take a time machine, your younger, what would you tell yourself? If I could, my younger self. Yep. If you can go back in time to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? I would like, say, yeah, stand your ground yes. and don't give up on what you truly believe in. Um, I think it's not that I would change anything in my life. I think there's just times where 
I know I usually tend to take the hardest path possible. Um, and I don't know why I like the struggle and want to, you know, the easy route just seems too easy. Um, <laughs> but I think for some of it, there's looking back, I think sometimes I, it's not that I necessarily gave up, but I listened to what other people were saying and was like, yeah, they're right. And so saying, you know what, let me look at this from a different perspective and take a step back from this. Um, it'd be between that and to play sports in college. I think that was something for me where I have amazing friends from college and I wouldn't change anything from that, but that I would have gotten involved in my colleges one of one of the sports teams and that I could I should have at least gone out and tried and gone to a tryout um but I didn't but yeah I think those are just the that was that's the only place where I'd go back and be like don't give up on this even though I think you know I still found my way back to sport okay all right so what's a non-running fact about you that most people don't know um I think I'm like, I share a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, so I'm like, everyone for the most part knows I love chocolate and pizza. Um, try and think. I run non running facts. Yes. Oh. I would say that I went on point in ballet when I was 10 years old. And <laughs> It was one of the coolest things ever to be on point. point. But um, yeah. So so know about that you're trying to master art of pancake flipping. I mean, (laughs) besides, I am really trying to figure that out and like perfect how I make pancakes. Um, I don't think that's too secret for anyone anymore. (laughs) That um, I really practiced pancake flipping for a few days, and that. I couldn't even participate in our spatula toss because I broke my spatula oh. <laughs> and in a cooking accident leading up to it. Um, but I mean, I love to cook. So that's something where anything cooking, I, I mean, I jumped on the bandwagon last year, hundred percent of learning how to make your own sourdough. Ah. <laughs> Definitely did that. Waiting for fall so we can start making bread again. So if people are wondering like, where did he come up to blue talking about pancake flipping? Oh yeah. It's a recent post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her, that's why. Yeah. So we're doing, we're finishing up um, the playoff of the Olympics at brunch running. We did the brunch Olympics um, at, for 17 days. There are different challenges between running and cooking competitions. And one of them was pancake flipping. I will say my pants, cake flipping skills were not the best we had some other people that did really creative things like one girl was able to made mini pancakes and like flip them into her mouth and I was just like (laughs) well I hit the ceiling so um and the dogs weren't even were a little confused on why I kept dropping food on the floor I I was still waiting for the you know just to see the your dog come up and grab it like a frisbee. I think they were just a very confused <laughs> as to because normally, like our dogs are beggars and they will knock at the door to get snacks. 
<laughs> but when I'm standing in the kitchen, dropping food on the floor, doing this whole thing, they're just like staring at me. And we had a friend's dog over that day. So like all three of them are just staring at me like, what is she doing? <laughs> are we supposed to eat this? Is it like, what is it? Like, I don't know what, what's going on here. <laughs> um, all right. As we get ready to finish up, what's yeah. next for you? Are you training for anything now? Getting ready for any races? Um, I think right now for the rest of summer, I'm really just going to focus on getting out and hitting the trails and having fun and then getting ready for my fall marathon. But honestly, I'm looking forward to taking a vacation in November and a real vacation and being completely out of touch and just taking some me time. Because I think for me, that's the biggest thing I'm looking for right now is creating more space in my life because I busy 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 going 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 and right now I really just need some space in my life and want to leave room for magic and opportunities and new things and see what happens next awesome Alex thank you for being on the show today thank you so much Eric this is so much fun to chat with you and not just connect over Instagram and and I appreciate you so much and you have done such an amazing thing by creating this podcast and the community with it oh thank you I appreciate that and also everyone check out her podcast Behind the Sweat yes so if people want to get in contact with you how can they do so um the easiest way is probably Instagram I'm just Alex Weissner on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, real original with my name. <laughs> so, um, well, at least you're the lucky person that can get your name. Yes. Yes. I'm like, I do not have a very common last name. So <laughs> it works in my favor. Um, Alex was taken. I was like really hoping for that, but I got on Instagram a little, a little later. <laughs> Alex, again, thank you for coming on to the show. Eric, thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a great evening. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.